Previously on the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. But if you pay me $100 million a year for three years, I'll give you six months for free. For about 45 minutes, I thought we are going to swag championship. What about this billionaire over here? It wouldn't surprise me in the least that you would be very racist. No, not him. He's not going to be canceled. He's not going to lose his team. I do think on Sunday he's going to leave. The aftermath of that is what? He was swag until he wasn't swag is all I got. <laughs> in the coming weeks, once Prime makes his decisions, we'll have a more in-depth conversation, I'm sure. We believe in change and we're prepared for it with new techniques and new approaches. And as for our part, we feel that you're the best pieces of manpower available in this whole region. Let it go out there today, baby. Three, two, one. And once again, our mighty ship is back on course. Welcome to the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. Oh, mama, there goes that man. You ladies and gentlemen, the star of our show. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another edition of the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. So glad that you are joining us for this episode. And I want to send a big shout out to all the people who are listening to us for the very first time. We certainly hope to become part of your podcast menu where you check in with us regularly. And if you want to hang out and be a part of the community, I'll tell you ways to become more interactive in just a little bit. So shouts out to all the newcomers. want to send a big shout out to all of the people who listen to every episode, who share, who post on the Sports Talk page, who tweet about us, who talk about friends, who share our stuff. So we certainly appreciate you guys and finally shout out to all the people who think the price of peanut butter is too damn high shout out to you guys what in the name of george washington carver is going on with the price of peanut butter now again let me let me elaborate on that and, and i'm gonna get into all of those things in just a second but let me say this inflation is a real thing and i know that with housing and all sorts of important things in our lives inflation is really impacting us but i went to the store for the first time in a long time to buy peanut butter. That's not something I have frequently. I mean, I just had a craving for some peanut butter. And the price of peanut butter is too damn high. What is going on with that? But of all the things I'm complaining about, I, you know, I guess it's a first world problem. I'm complaining about the price of peanut butter. I don't know. We have to work on that. But welcome, my boy, to this episode. It's a lot of fun stuff. I, you know, I don't know why that was on the front of my brain. I don't know why. I, maybe I, because I just bought peanut butter a couple hours ago. But, yeah. I had to rethink some things. I had to question where I am in life if I'm going to pay this kind of price for peanut butter. But I bought the peanut butter. But I won't buy it again for another year. Nonetheless, let's move forward. <laughs> a lot of good stuff coming up on this episode. A lot of serious stuff coming up on this episode. We have some great features, and I want to tell you all about that. But first, let me remind you how you can be interactive. If you'd like to call and be a part of the podcast with your questions, comments, requests, suggestions, give us a call 24 hours a day, 832-941-6614. That's 832-941-6614. Leave a message about any and everything you want to talk about in the world of sports and you might just end up on the next episode like we'll do this time with the we the people segment 832-941-6614 in addition to that sports talk with devin wade facebook group page 
You can be a part of the group. You can hang out, answer poll questions, ask questions, post about your favorite teams, your favorite sports, trash talk, whatever you want to do. Sports Talk with Devin Wade group page on Facebook. Like the fan page as well. And, of course, you can tweet me at Wade's Word. So those are ways that you can be interactive with us. This time out, we have a We the People segment where I hear from you guys and your comments on whatever it is you commented about. We'll get into that. In addition to that, Life on Lock joins us with some sports e and also we have music from terry donald of course i tell you all the time send me your music music at waysworthproductions.com tell you more about that a little bit later on but in addition to that we have dr kenyatta cavill i wanted to talk about the real impact Deion sanders has had on the swag his lasting legacy what he will take with him what will he leave behind as a legacy at jackson state and for the conference and there's no better person to speak about that than Dr. Kenyatta Cavill from the inside the HBCU Sports Lab and a professor at Texas Southern University, just a, a HBCU expert. So we'll get his take on that and who knows what else. All that's coming up this time out. So let's get started with a few headlines. There's a lot going on in the world of sports today. I just saw the conclusion of the Celebration Bowl. And Jackson State loses in overtime. And there was a young man on the team. Hagler, I think, is the, the tight end. He drops a touchdown pass in overtime. He was in the end zone, had both hands on the football, dropped it, and they lose that game in overtime. So Dion leaves the swag and leaves HBCU football never having won the Celebration Bowl. Big-time loss for the conference. I'm tired of losing to the MEAC in these kinds of games. I think we've only won, the swag has only won one of the Celebration Bowls, and that was the inaugural one in 2016 i think that's right gramlin state won that one and, and i want to say this i went online and they're crushing this young man he had a post this morning saying hey he's so blessed to be at, at jackson state blah 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 he dropped the touchdown and i just sort of read the comments and they are killing this kid i mean they are crushed it's about a 80 to 20 split on people who are being hyper negative and those who are being encouraging and uplifting and I had to chime in on that because, bro, these are student athletes. You can't, these are kids. I mean, I know the the business of college football is that. It's a business. And it's not like you're dealing with elementary school kids. You're dealing with, you know, people who make business decisions. They're 18, 19, 20, whatever. But still, bro, they, they go to school every day. They go kick it. They practice. They work hard. They represent. They're in the arena. And sometimes if you compete. I say this to everybody, if you are in there and you, you, it's easier to stand on the sidelines, I know me being a member of the media and all of that, we have a tendency to do this, but it's the difference being in the arena with everything on the line. You have to do it and that the pressure is on you and it's not the same as sitting on, on your couch watching the game. So I hope that young man uh, remains encouraged. I'll have to pull his name up for you. But, yeah, Jackson State loses. That's it for Coach Prime. T.C. Taylor takes over at Jackson State. And here comes the uh, show that is Coach Prime and, uh, and all the things that he brings with him to Colorado. It's going to be uh, interesting to watch what happens moving forward with Colorado. How quickly can they catch up to the other teams in the Pac-12? And will they dominate at some point? Uh, we'll have to see. But we did talk to uh, Dr. Kenyatta Cavill earlier in the week 
about his impact. And I think that's a very important conversation. The other thing, the largest comeback in the history of the NFL is no longer the Buffalo Bills coming back from a 35-3 to deficit versus the Houston Oilers. That 32-point lead, that is the bane of my existence and something that will come second only to... Okay, I, you want to do top three, top five disappointments? Number one will always be the 83 five slammer Gemma Cougars. No doubt. Nothing can supplant. I will never care as much about anything as I cared about those Cougars losing that game. So that's number one. This is number two. The 32-point collapse after the 35-3 lead collapsing and losing to Buffalo. And I relive that in my mind all, more than I should. Maybe that's something I should resolve in therapy. But, yeah. It stays with me. So that's one. The 78-79 Oilers losing to Pittsburgh. Those are in there. There's some. 86 Astros. Those are some bad losses. The 94 loss to Kansas City. So, yeah, all of that. Anyway, I say all that to say that the Minnesota Vikings came back from a 33-0 deficit at halftime to win the game in overtime over the Indianapolis Colts. And I, who cares about either of those teams. <laughs> I mean, for a 10 and, or 11 and 3 team or whatever, the Minnesota Vikings are not highly regarded. Nobody's afraid of them. And you can kind of see why. If you go down 33 to nothing to the Indianapolis Colts, that's saying a lot. And you go on the road as a 10 and 2 team and you're the underdog to the Detroit Lions. And not only do you uh, have knowledge of that, the Lions actually win that game. So, yeah, nobody's taking them serious. But a 33-point comeback to win that game, or what was it, 39-36 in, in overtime. It was, it was a bad one, a bad way to lose that one for Jeff Saturday in the Indianapolis Colts. The, uh, who, you, I talked about the Cougars. The Houston Cougars come back after losing last week at home with their first loss after being the number one team in the nation for two weeks. They lost to Alabama last Saturday. This Saturday, they go on the road and hand a loss to the number two Virginia Cavaliers. So the number five Cougs beat the number two Cavs. And we'll have to see where, where uh, they will end up. We're just starting to get involved with basketball on the college and NBA level. I've been paying a lot more attention to the Cougs lately because – they are the they were the number one team in the nation, and it's fun to have the number one team in the nation in your city. Of course, we've been following Texas Southern. They are in the Chris Paul HBCU Classic today and tomorrow in Las Vegas. The game tomorrow afternoon is a I think a ESPNU game, so that's happening. So also tomorrow, wonderful day for your boy. I get a chance to go check out Pat Mahomes up close. As Kansas City Chiefs come to Houston, and I'll tell you, the Houston Texans are just ridiculous. But beyond that, the affirmation of my hate of the Dallas Cowboys, it comes back over and over and over again. So this is what happened last week. So I get on KTSU Sports Talk here in Houston, and I, I sort of go on at Chili Bill, one of the, the top Cowboy fans I know, just a huge Dallas Cowboy fan, loves the Dallas Cowboys. I'm trying to give him, get him, I'm making this, this, we're not betting for anything other than bragging rights on the show, but I'm trying to get him to give me 15 points. I think that was the spread. I, and I don't think I even asked for that. I said, oh, I, I, I think the spread was 17. I forget what the spread was, but I asked for 13. And I said, well, oh, oh, 15 and 13. He says, I'll give you two. 
And I sort of pushed him on the idea, and eventually we came up. He gave me three. Now, I had no expectation that the Texans would beat Dallas plus three. None. The Cowboys were supposed to blow them out of the water. And because I believe that, I put my actual money and I bet on the players on the Dallas Cowboys on my DraftKings team, on my, my fantasy team, which I was gambling with. So I took Pollock and I took C.D. Lamb and Gallup. And, and I played various games, not just one game. I took Dak Prescott thinking, OK, man, they're going to have a huge day. Ezekiel Elliott, who I never take. I, I said, man, they're going to have a huge day on the ground. The Texans have one of the worst rushing defenses in all of the NFL. I did that, and not only did they not play well, they actually came back and won the game after I started texting Chili Bill, talking trash about his team losing to the Texans. So I was bragging, and I never bother Chili Bill on game day. I never just text him about what's going on with games or whatever. But I made it a point to reach out to him, and I just could not wait for the Cowboys to blow that game. And boy, wouldn't you know it, they came back, which I don't care. Honestly, look, I I expected the Cowboys to win. I really don't care. I'm not a huge Texans fan, per se. Obviously, in the city of Houston, you want your hometown team to be good or decent or respectable or win games. But I don't, I don't have a dog in the fight. However, you know, I'm talking noise, and I would love to see the Cowboys lose any time and every time they play. But not only do you win... You don't give me my fantasy points. You you have a a, a whole hum day statistically, and that cost me a whole lot. So that's going on. Had an opportunity since the last time I came to you guys to be a part of a press conference for the HBCU All-Star Game that is coming to the Final Four here in Houston. It'll be played on the campus of Texas Southern, and that's going to be huge. It's the second annual. They have this All-Star Game, this HBCU All-Star Game, on the Sunday between the semifinals on Saturday and the final on Monday during the Final Four. So in the host city of the Final Four. Of course, Houston is hosting the Final Four. And I will tell you this, man, it is uh, an exciting thing to have this HBCU All-Star Game coming to Texas. And so I was a part of the press conference. That was wonderful. And also uh, had a chance to uh, really get excited about that. And I'll tell you more about that. And we'll have some content on the podcast and on KTSU Sports Talk as we get a little bit closer. So had a chance to be a part of that. Speak on behalf of KTSU and Texas Southern University, welcoming uh, the wonderful folks of this uh, this weekend this hbcu invitational weekend to uh to texas southern so it was great that was wonderful in addition to that had an opportunity to uh, i was on uh, fox 26 locally i was on on the nine o'clock news and had a chance to talk about Deion sanders that was asked about Deion sanders gave my comments tried to play right down the middle I express things the way I kind of saw them. And when we talk about the anger or the sort of the, the ire that is coming up because of Deion Sanders, it's more about the disappointment uh, from folks who want to see HBCU thrive. Of course, if you heard my briefcast, you know generally where I was coming from with that. It was a nice piece done by Sherman DeSell of Fox 26. And, you know, we had about a, maybe seven, eight, nine, ten minute conversation about it on camera. 
I had no idea all of what I said. And I'm a little nervous about, wait a minute, what did I say again? But I wasn't too worried about it. But he cut a nice piece. And uh, if you hadn't had a chance to see that, just look up Deion Sanders Fox 26, and you'll get an opportunity to see that piece about three or four minutes long. And I have decided that I will do more television. I mean, not that it's just totally up to me. But I, I will try an effort to do more things that are more high profile. If you know me, you know I do. I stay in my little lane, and I don't rattle a bunch of uh, pots trying to get attention. I don't. <laughs> but I, I think obviously at this time I need to start to do more of those things. And not, I guess I, I would imagine you'll probably see me more in a more higher profile as we go into twenty. 23. Speaking of that, if you want to contribute and give me an end of year gift, uh, not me, but the podcast, which is essentially me, but uh, for the purposes of enhancing the podcast, you can go to LiberaPay, L-I-B-E-R-A-P-A-Y.com, LiberaPay.com, and look for the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast, and you can make a contribution. Or you can, if you want to reach out to me, you can uh, send me something on PayPal. And again, it's for uh, for equipment and for things that we need to do remote and uh, sort of an upgrade of the, the things that, I mean, this is time consuming and it's costly. Uh, it can be costly. And uh, I, of course, to get gear and swag that I can in turn give to you guys. If you want to make that contribution, Libera Pay or of course PayPal, reach out to me. We'll find a way that you can make a contribution at the end of the year. And I wouldn't normally even mention stuff like that, but you see a lot of folks at the end of the year. They want to do nice things for you, give a gift of sorts. They do it for all sorts of shows and programs. I said, well, you know, maybe my people want to do the same thing, and you certainly can do so with that. With that, let's get into some sports entertainment stuff. We have a wonderful person in Life on Lock. She does a great job, and here she is with a segment that we call Sports E. This week in sports, entertainment is for entertainment. Hey, hey, everybody! I hope your day is going well and just got a little better now that you're listening to Sports E with Life on Lock. For those that don't know, the start of the high-profile assault case between Tory Lanez and Megan Thee Stallion has officially begun, and apparently, Nets superstar Ben Simmons has found his way in the middle of it all while giving their open statements, Tory Lane's defense team claimed that Megan had relations with the NBA star, which resulted in a huge argument between Megan and her former friend Kelsey that evening. However, Simmons was quick to shut the accusations down on a viral post on his Instagram story of Rick Ross, where he was found yelling, accusations, these are false accusations, during a segment of the rapper's interview. Now, Ben did not officially name Meg, Tory, or any other party that was on the Instagram post, but it's safe to deduce that that's who he was talking about. Now, it's only day one of the trial, but I'll be very curious to see how the story unfolds between Mr. Simmons, Megan the Stallion, and Tory Lane. But Ben Simmons isn't the only athlete under intense scrutiny these days, as it looks like Deion Sanders has been a big talk of the town, especially amongst HBCUs. Now, there have been many opinions about this, and many people have been upset for a number of reasons. You know, a lot of people just feel like he used HBCUs use and kind of turn his back on them and so there's just been a lot of opinions floating around but people have also been very upset with Shannon Sharp for his latest comments regarding 
the matter. For those that don't know, Sharp attended Savannah State University, but he stated that if he had the grades coming out of high school, that an HBCU would not have been his first choice. Now, ever since he stated this, he has been dragged on social media and in interviews and so much more. Sharp later came back and stated that from an educational standpoint, yes, HBCUs are on par with PWIs, but from a facilities and resource standpoint, it's not even close. Stop trying to pretend it is, it isn't. That was a pretty hefty statement to say, but it's a very sensitive topic when you talk about the Deion Sanders and the HBCUs and Shannon Star, just because HBCUs are rooted in such amazing things. We are talking about Deion Sanders' career, and so there's just a lot here, so I definitely would love to hear you guys' opinion on it. But in the meantime, I think that what people really want is the same loyalty to HBCUs from Deion Sanders and Shannon Sharp that Floyd Mayweather has to his friend Robert Smith as he recently threw him a surprise party that was estimated to be worth $8 million. Smith was turning 60 years old and only 60 of his friends and family were in attendance and cell phones were taken at the door. So you know that means they had a good old time. I can only imagine the look on Robert Smith's face when he walked into his James Bond inspired surprise party, but I'm sure his reaction and this birthday was definitely one for the books. And next week, we'll be sure to keep you updated on more birthdays and more of your favorite sports entertainment news right here on Sports E. I want to thank uh, Life on Lock for Sports E, where sports in the world of entertainment collide. I know Ben Simmons is like, hey, hi, whoa, 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 how did my name get involved in the mix? How about Shannon Sharp? A lot of people talking about Shannon Sharp and Skip Bayless and the shot Skip Bayless took at him saying, he was better than you. I mean, he lost his mind. I think when you get somebody that far, and you can look up that clip, I think if you get somebody that emotional about something, you probably won the argument. <laughs> I think that it's safe to say that he won the argument, but HBCUs and uh, comments like uh, Shannon Sharp's have been at the center of conversation around the sports world. Let's hope that continues and sort of evolves and really uh, turns into a movement to continue to support HBCU athletics and HBCUs all over the country, academically and otherwise. And speaking of which, we will talk to Dr. Kenyatta Cavill about stuff like that coming up a little bit later. Speaking of entertainment, I had a chance to come across a legend from Shalimar. Last night when I was leaving the radio station, Howard Hewitt of Shalimar was rehearsing at the KTSU studios. So I went in and I wanted so bad to say, hey man, let me hit that note on show. Not the no I, I wasn't going to hit the note last night, but let me do the opening lines of show me. Just so I could kind of, you know, get some vibe off him. Like, yeah, you know, yo, man, you sound just like me or whatever. He's a really underrated vocalist. I mean, I don't think he gets nearly enough uh, credit for his uh, his illustrious career and all the songs from Shalimar. Second, well, no, I won't do that. But if I sing Show Me, you'll know. But I had a chance to watch him rehearse for about, about, about an hour. I have a Howard Hewitt story, by the way. I don't know if I'm going to, I'm not going to share this episode, but I definitely have a Howard Hewitt story that you would want to hear from back in the day. Now, again, it has not a lot to do with Howard Hewitt, but I have labeled this my Howard Hewitt story. I'm telling you, it was a wild, wild one. But if you, if you guys want me to talk about that, see, I have a lot of stories and some I could tell some that I probably need to wait on. 
<laughs> so I have a lot of stories because I, you know, you, you were around for a long time. You do and see a lot and participate in a lot. And hence you have stories like the Howard Hewitt story. If you ask me about that, remind me about that. I'll have to bring that up next episode. Going to take a time out, come back on the other side and hear from you guys in a segment that we call We the People. This is the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. Anywhere you get your podcast. Your children are the most precious gift God has given you. Their well-being is of the utmost importance, and finding childcare that exhibits the same belief is, well, non-negotiable. So why not end your search at Brighter Brains Learning Center? Located in Stafford, Texas, Brighter Brains is a licensed, family-owned and operated daycare that promotes an early educational foundation and provides an environment of love, safety, and quality care for children ages 6 weeks to 5 years old. For more information, call 346-328-3717 or visit brighterbrainslearningcenter.org. Time for We the People. The We The People segment is when we come to you guys, either through poll questions or taking calls off of the sports line and to get your opinion on whatever it is you want to talk about. Let's see what we have this time out. Hey, man, this is Pernell Harvey. I'm calling because you put out there about Dion and going to Colorado. Here's my thing. I don't begrudge the man for doing it. I mean, I don't understand why, you know, sometimes we get up there when people get another opportunity that we have to – begrudge them for taking advantage of it. I mean, it's just like, if we should be focused on, hey, you know what? He brought he brought some shine to, to J-State. You know, people will love it. J-State has been there before Dion. It'll be there after Dion. You know, but we wish well, and, and you, keep, you keep it moving. That's what it is. I'll tell you a similar situation. Devin, as much as I love you being on KTSU, if you left tomorrow because you got a better paying gig somewhere else, guess what? I'm all good with that, you know? Not to say that you're leaving anytime soon, but I'm just saying, but I'm good with that. So, hey, man, wish Dion the best. Everything's going to be everything. J-State is fine. Colorado will be fine. And we'll, we'll keep it moving. Thanks for taking my call. Appreciate you, Pernell Harvey, for checking in. You know what? Pernell is the real MVP. He's a part of the TFE family. Hashtag love is real. He listens to KTSU Sports Talk. He supports the podcast. That's my guy. I certainly appreciate the support. Look, he's the reason why I will never leave KTSU for a bigger paying job. Bigger, more lucrative situation. No, in reality, here, look, I think reasonable people, and I mentioned this uh, as a part of the briefcase, I think reasonable people won't begrudge him for taking this opportunity. People understand, man, $25 million, you, you, nobody's walking away from that. I mean, really. So I think people really understand. Here's the thing that I talk about, the disappointment. And, and here's why people, I think, are disappointed. Let's try to change it up into, like, dating terms, right? If you meet someone and you say, man, young lady or young man, you are special. You are wifey material. We have a segment called Wifey Side Peace Crazy X that we've done on this podcast. So you go in with, with wifey vibes. You There's no one like you. This is special. We're going to take this to the next level. And then as soon as you get an opportunity for a, a better situation, you jet on 
that situation as opposed to saying hey we're two consenting adults it is what it is hey we're gonna make this work for both of us and when it's over it's just over and it's cool everybody's cool and i think that he gave off those wifey vibes meaning that he talked about the importance of hbcus and why can't we compete with power fives and those things where people affirm the things that they already believe they they understand how special hbcus are and they want them to succeed so i think what you see is a lot of disappointment masked as anger or i told you so i mean again a lot of us didn't know what it was but when you put those vibes out there and you put the religious aspect in it it's a different type of way it feels different it feels like yeah this is bigger than just a regular coach coming in getting a job and, and that's why I think you see some of the backlash. But reasonable people don't begrudge him for taking the opportunity. He has a tremendous opportunity, and he can continue to affect lives. I think some of the things that they attribute to him will be overstated over time. But I do think, hey, JSU is in great shape with T.C. Taylor. We're going to talk about his impact on the other side. Let's take a timeout. Final timeout. Come back. I have some music from artist Terry Donald. We'll play a snippet at the halfway point and the entire track at the end of this episode. That's coming up in a word from our sponsor, Cobank Homes. That and Dr. Kenyatta Caville on the other side. This is the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. Anyway, you get your podcast. Sports Talk with Devin Wade wants to thank our sponsor, Kofi Bankus and Cobank Homes. The vision at Cobank Homes is simple, and it stems from the belief that clients can trust Cobank to guide them to realize one of, if not the single largest investment decision they will ever make, their home. Cobank simply looks to build lifelong relationships through service. They do this by using faith, knowledge, and technology to guide clients through the process of achieving their real estate goals. Be it buying, selling, or investing in real estate, contact Kofi at 832-757-7950. That's 832-757-7950. CoBank Homes through Keller Williams. Terry Donald, Away in a Manger. I tell you what, uh, annually, I, I know that over the last couple years, we got some Christmas music from her. want to thank uh, her husband, Paul Donald, of the TFE family. And as we speak, I am wearing the TFE cap that he made, the Friday Express cap that he made. But just isn't that nice? And you can hear the entire song at the end, and you can find that 
anywhere you find music online. I guess uh, on Apple and all those places, you can find that uh, that song. But uh, Away in a Manger, Terry Donald, T-E-R-R-I-E, Donald. And so, yeah. I enjoyed that. I, I, I'm just a nice vibe, and uh, good to hear good music around this time of year. Of course, Christmas is coming, and uh, as we move forward, if you have music you want heard on the podcast, you are a, a friend or somebody you know, a fledgling artist that wants to have exposure to the folks that listen to this podcast, just email me, music at wadeswordproductions.com that's music at wadeswordproductions.com the genre doesn't matter and uh, we'll play a snippet at the halfway point an entire track at the end of the episode like you'll get a chance to hear that entire song at the end of this episode so that is a cool cool thing and you know what we talked about peanut butter at the beginning of the show did you know that george washington carver's Biggest success came from peanuts, and in all, he developed more than 300 food, industrial, and commercial products from peanuts, including milk, Worcestershire sauce, punches, cooking oil, salad oil, paper, cosmetics, soaps, and wood stains. George Washington Carver and the peanut. Now, if only he could come back and lower the price of a big old tub of uh, Jiffy. By the way, and then I did all of that, and I bought Creamy. Are you Creamy or Crunchy? I'm Crunchy, but I accidentally brought Creamy. But I'm going to eat it all because it costs so much. So, yeah, those are my problems. By the way, happy holidays, Merry Christmas, happy Hanukkah, happy Kwanzaa. Whatever you celebrate, this is a wonderful time of year to spend time with family and friends and do something nice for others. You know, a lot of folks get down at this time of year, and I always, you know, whenever I'm asked, and you guys certainly didn't ask me this time, but I'll just share that when you're not feeling well and you're down and you are in your blue period, one thing that I've always done is try to uh, go and help someone else, like go volunteer somewhere and do something for someone else. And it makes you feel better about being a human and and what you can contribute and how you can help folks who need help uh, more than you do at the moment. So just those sorts of things are ways to kind of get out of that holiday funk. I, I would encourage you to uh, obviously to spend time with the ones you love. But if not, if you're not able to, whatever your situation is, if you lost somebody very important, take that time and, and maybe go down to a, uh, to help feed the the homeless or or go spend some time with children or doing something to to make the world a little bit of a better place and you'll feel better about yourself. So that's just my little my little thing for the holidays. But Merry Christmas. I hope you guys are having a wonderful holiday season. So with that, let's get into our conversation with Dr. Kenyatta Cavill. It's a really wonderful conversation we had earlier in the week. He is a, a really an expert in all things HBCU athletics. He studies this not only from a on-the-field perspective, but he also examines the off-the-field ramifications, the financial implications, all of the things involved with the business of HBCU sports. So I went to him and I want, I had questions. And I said, you know, instead of me just having this great conversation with just he and I, I asked him to come on the podcast and uh, here is that conversation. As promised, visiting with the guru, with the guy who knows more about HBCU football and athletics, period, than anyone in the country, I would say, Dr. Kenyatta Cavill is joining us. How are you, Doc? I'm doing well. How are you doing? 
I'm doing really well. And obviously uh, HBCUs have been in the center of sort of the public conversation for the last couple of weeks. What's your general take on all of the attention around the departure of Deion Sanders from the SWAC? I would say it's pretty it's pretty natural in regards to just when you start to really understand his impact, his gravitas in terms of what he brings to the table. I guess when you look at it like that, it makes sense. You know, when you're just following it and watching it, it can be overwhelming and probably to some can be just um, too much. But it's the nature of the business of sports these days. Speaking of the business of sports, of course, there's a lot of emotion about him leaving. And I think there's certain basic things we all understand, like departing for more money. But the aspect I wanted to really focus on, and I really wanted your take because you study these things in a way that that no one else does. I want to talk a little bit about the lasting economic impact Deion Sanders will have on the SWAC. Obviously, we know, and, and I, I want to get into some of the things he did do, but, but with his departure, what can be sustainable and what do we lose with his departure i think you first start with the sustainability is the interest it'll take some time for the interest to wane or fall off and that's if you don't have any other introductory points that come in you know um, another big name player another big name coach can help sustain it or elevate it for a longer period of time we think about this kind of in marketing terms where you have what's the tipping point so usually when you look at the business structure of a product or a service, when it enters into the market, it's at what you would call a low point. And as it picks up speed, particularly if it gains an interest in the marketplace, you will see it almost go up like a roller coaster. And so that's a pretty healthy climb. And then it gets to what you call the tipping point when it gets all the way to its very climax um, and it stables off. Now, at all this time as it's climbing, as you know, it's generating money. Because sales are picking up. And so even when it gets to its climax and even when it starts to fall, you're still making money. You're just not making as much of it. So you have to go all the way back down to the lower part of the valley, if you would, in terms of roller coasters. So I'm trying to get a verbal illustration so can people can think about it. That's when you start to hit your dip again. And so obviously with Dion, you talk about his elevation in terms of the impact that he has on a city. And in this case, you're talking about particularly of a conference and obviously his team in itself, uh, you have that spike. So I think you will see it over some period of time. I would say probably a couple of years uh, before you would need something to be introduced back into the marketplace that would help sustain the longevity of this monetary money that's taking place, or then you would finally start to see the decline. So we saw that Dion was able to make some deals on behalf of the university. And obviously the upgrades to the facilities are going to stay there, but like the things right. with American airlines, is that going to sustain itself The deal with the Michael Strahan suit stuff like that? Will, will that stay, that stuff stay in place? Or is that something that will leave with Dion? Well, the first thing you probably want to think about is usually when you enter in deals like that, they're over some period of time. So they're, they're usually not a year to year or a one year deal. They're usually two, three, uh, sometimes even five year deals. So it's going to at least make the life of the contract. Um, and then you have to consider what would that look like? The other question you want to think about is oftentimes we will like anything, just like when you play football um, as you play the game. Often too much credit goes to the quarterback and probably not enough blame 
um, at times goes to everybody else. So in this case, you're probably getting a lot of credit to Dion. But the question becomes is actually how much credit should go to. So some of those deals were um, probably between alumni that were excited to help introduce somebody to the VP of athletics, Ashley Robinson. So to some degree, we really need to consider while the excitement may have been based on Dion, who actually negotiated the contract. So what I know about the American Airlines is part of the reason that it was climates was not only Dion, but some of the relationships with key executive managers were actually uh, alumni of Jackson State University. So there was some synergy there. So in a lot of that areas, you would think there would probably be more likely some sustainability and what that looks like, as long as you have some of the other key players involved, i.e. either the president and or the VP of athletics, what we usually refer to as athletic director. So that's some components of what you have to consider is how much of this was directly attributed to Coach Prime, Deion Sanders, in terms of bringing those relationships to the table, or were some of these deals actually done with other key stakeholders, but his prominence helped negotiate the space to get the interest to get it done. So you look at some of the things he did bring. What do you give him credit for bringing, specifically sort of financially, what do you give him credit for? Well, I think the, the biggest thing you can give him credit for is the direct economic impact that he had on the city of Jackson with the four games when he would do a, a game at home, one, because he brought in a team that would win, which is extremely important. So that was something that you want to do in, in regards that you can give direct credit for him. And then obviously his ability and his mouthpiece to market. He marketed that program like we have never seen anything done almost at the college level in terms of how he lent his name, his gravitas, if you would, his aesthetics to the platform of Jackson State, the SWAC and HBCUs, which directly there are estimates out there of about $16 million in revenue was generated for Jackson businesses over four games. Um, and that was an increase. So I can even show you the increase. Uh, before he got there in 2017, it was an increase of about $7.2 million. So you could probably estimate that anywhere from five to $8 million were directly uh, impact in terms of what he able to do. The fact that he got into a championship game, right? They were not even competitive before he got there. You have to win to get to the championship game, as you know, and you have to have the best record across the SWAC to host the game. Well, the host the game for Jackson State brought in like $8 million in revenue. And that is money directly, not only to the city, but it's also money directly to, if you would, to Jackson uh, State in terms of the ticket sales, because all that money goes to the host team. Previous to that, you had like um, estimated at Alcorn when they were doing it, uh, they were taking home two and a half, three, maybe $4 million in terms of economic impact. So you can see kind of the difference between just a the economic impact of a strong home game outside of Jackson, but you do a multiplier effect, if you would, with his brand, his ability to win, his gravitas, his, his ability to sell, ask folks to be inclusive, to bring him out to the game. You can start to see some of the direct financial money that you can attribute to Coach Prime. And so, again, there's going to be some residual in terms of the interest. So, for example, Jackson continues to win, even though he got a new coach. There's not going to be a lot of drop off, even though he's gone, because now you've got all those people at the table and they're going to stay there. And if they obviously, unfortunately, do not have the same level of assistance and they lose, 
then you're going to have fall off in the precipitous of that fall off determined based on just how successful the team is in terms of wins and losses over the next two or three years. One of the things that's sort of unfair, I think, has been some of the stuff that's leaked out of, of rumors about some of the things that happened at Jackson State that sort of maybe helped him make his decision to leave. I don't give credence to any of that because obviously he's leaving this $25 million he's leaving to go to and he's going to a power five conference. But what do you make of all of the things you're hearing the rumor mill and, and some of the things that may or may not be true about contributing factors to why he may have left Jackson state when he did. Uh, I'm privy that I have, you know, direct sources. Not only do I do consulting in terms of business, but I have a media platform that you're quite aware about. So I'm able to talk to direct sources. I don't put much credibility. Really, I don't put any credibility in like 95% of the information that's out there. A lot of those folks are social media, eco-chamber folks that put stuff out there purposely and misdirect folks so they can get clicks, so they can generate money um, as we talk about it. So very few of that information is actually accurate. Coach Prime has a great appreciation for Jackson. Obviously, what has made Coach Prime so successful is he is manic about the little things throughout his career as he churned into business and why he's been successful. And that's tough when you at a resource, a low resource, a limited resource institution that has been um, deprived of resources, what we call deprivation from the state and the federal government over years. And that's not anything that I'm saying. That's stuff that has been written and people have researched over the years about resources that are not going to the institutions. Even somebody as great as Dion, that's not something that can be made up. So obviously, in some cases, there's some things that create a frustration uh, when you would like to see things get done maybe at a faster rate, some things that should get done, period, that would seem to be small money because of what you've been associated can be significant to an institution. So those are some of the things that you talked about. And so when he hears um, an economic impact uh, that came out with a study of Mississippi Today back in 2021, a $30 million economic impact to the Tigers last year in the 2021, if you notice and list closely uh, what Coach Prime would talk about, he would ask for the businesses to support him around that area. And people don't want to really talk about this because it can be very comfortable because we're not comfortable about talking about race or ethnic disparities in this country. So you have the city of Jackson, which is inside, but like a lot of cities, the urban areas, which are smaller suburbs or smaller cities outside, are the areas that have economic growth. And that's where a lot of your quote unquote nicer hotels, except from the main ones in the downtown city. So a lot of people would come to the city and they would stay in those areas, which means they would eat in those restaurants. So oftentimes all that money would not come back to the city of Jackson. So while you would have some business in Jackson support Jackson State University, those suburb areas would take money, but they necessarily wouldn't give money back to support. Those are challenges that um, until you understand money and the way capitalism works in this country, it's harder about how do you navigate the space about requesting money from people so they can see your value in such a way that they support your institution. So those are some of the things that you looked at that frustrated him. Um, obviously, some things were internal to the institution itself, 
over what that looks like. And but that's natural. That's not anything that's HBCU driven or what I refer to historically white college universities. That's just the business of people at a high level in higher education. And to some degree, you even see it at the professional level of folks negotiating the space of, of how they deal with finances in an organization and who gets it, where does it get, who negotiates, why it goes to a certain group or a certain individual in terms of returning revenue back to that organization. So profits can be earned and then in some cases, dividends getting back to folks in terms of the stockholders. One of the things, one of the popular narratives is that Dion showed the swag, the blueprint. And what I've said all along is that I think, A, the the conference was trending in the right direction. He just added jet fuel to that. But the other part of that conversation is that what is it that he showed that this, the conference was unaware of and that's sustainable without his presence? I mean, when people talk about the blueprint, what do you think he showed the rest of the conference from a financial standpoint that is sustainable, that is a blueprint for moving forward? I really like the way you put that in terms of the blueprint was there or the Jet was there. He just added jet pool to it such that the conference would go faster and maybe even higher in terms of that. I think one other thing that we have to look at, particularly since we're talking a lot of business here, is what I tried to tell people when Coach Prime came to Jackson State as a member of the SWAC, which was a year after the great expansion that was done by Dr. Charles McCullough uh, with, with FAMU and then ultimately Bethune-Cookman coming into conference. And anybody that follows HBCU sports understands the brand value of FAMU. So what you start to really look at this is, is what I recommend to folks is think about this from a pure business perspective. This was like a merger. When you have a strong brand of FAMU, a strong brand of the SWAC, and then you bring in a strong brand such as Coach Prime. When you connect these multi-brands in a well-oiled machine in terms of merger, it exacerbates the strength um, and elevates that organization in a multiplicative effect over a period of time. And so those are the things that I think are important to consider when you talk about what it did to the org- what it, what it has done, I should say, to the organization. So I think when you get back in terms of trying to say what he specifically brought to the table is I think to some degree, and the commissioner, Dr. Charles, talks about this, is uh, it was almost happenstance or the fault of the previous commissioner was when there was a negotiation in terms of, I'm going to take you back a couple of years, when there was a negotiation, when he first came in, there was a negotiation to have the SWAC championship game in Birmingham. It was going to be played at Legion Field which is home at that time to UAPB. UAB, I should say, University of Alabama, Birmingham, ended up having a great season. So they contractually had the first rights to that facility. And they were going to have a home football game because they were playing in the championship. So Charles did not like the idea of playing a championship game in a stadium where the logos of another university would be on the field. So there's some questions that they were going to just alleviate the championship game. A lot of fans spoke out and said no. They had grown used to it, as Charles Bishop told me. If you think about it, there were generations of folks that grew up with nothing but knowing the championship game. 20 years had passed. Two decades. And so ultimately, to say less about that is what happened in that process is the presidents decided 
along with the chances to keep the championship game, but they would play it on the home field of the team that had the best record. First couple of years, it was at Alcorn. Well, they found out that the game had so much interest. Television loved it because of the pack venue, all the things that people talk about that are associated with HBCUs in terms of the, what I call the HBCU sports culture and, and the sporting HBCU dash were on show. And financially, it brought in millions of dollars of economic impact, but directly to the institution, it brought in millions of dollars as well. I say all that, what it did is it provided the brand. It provided the worth of what HBCU sports in terms of the SWAC was. And so a long story short is what Dion did is he he elevated what that value was. So they started understanding the value of the SWAC. But what he did is he actually introduced supersizing that value. So that's another way where you can talk about some support in terms of him elevating. So I want to be careful in terms of understanding that because one mistake we make is we almost try to pinpoint one, two, three. These are the things that were directly related to um, Dion. These are the things that were directly related to the SWAC. But really what happened was the collision of all these things happened around the same time. So it was in some ways what people would say is almost like the perfect storm. And I think that's a better way to look at it. It was the attributing factors of multiple things happen around the same time that really elevated the SWAT in a supersized way. So in a sort of reverse way, a surprising way, when you see all this bickering online, there's a lot of uh, calls to alumni and to to folks to support HBCUs and the SWAC. Do you think his departure will really sort of excite SWAC fan bases to say, you know what, we're bigger than one man. Let's go ahead and and make those contributions. Uh, I don't. That's a good question. I'm not sure if I can say that with any confidence. I think what you have now is just a excited fan base, and so they're in the moment. So I don't know if there's a such thing in them getting even more excited. I think the interest is there. And I think you've had folks talking about supporting the SWAC and um, you see them even doing it more and more. So I think in a lot of ways you, you have that framework where because of what took place this year with so many more teams that were involved in the Western division, a part of the championship. Well, as you follow football and sports in general, imagine what those four programs are going to look like next year they're all going to believe that they're really close to being able to get over the hump and now with the exes of the the um, coach prime that folks are going to believe that they have even that much more of a chance and that's not including that uapb is going to bring in a new coach you have grambling with the second year of their coach so i think the interest of so many people being in the hunt is what's going to galvanize fans to be even more involved because they think they have a chance to get it done. And why do we play sports ultimately to win and win championships? So I think that's what's going to create the interest for more support and galvanizing people to get involved even more so because they see that a real chance to come home with the big trophy. Well, see, and the reason why it really even went with that line of questioning is because there was when, when Coach Eddie Robinson Jr. at Alabama State declared, hey, I'm swag, he's not swag. 
while the rest of the conference and, and people nationally kind of jumped on him, his fan base, his alumni, you know, former students and fans and supporters of Alabama State had an increase in their contributions. They saw sort of an uptick in interest because it, it was galvanized behind the idea of we're Alabama State, we swarm as one, and we are swag. And I wanted, I, I was curious to see if that something would be something that would happen across the swag where people would say, you know what? I am going to write that check this year. I am going to get fired up and support the conference in, in, in spite of the departure of Coach Prime. I think there could be some of that, but I think more of it would be if you could really break it down or have a questionnaire to those fans. It would be interesting to see how much of his statement galvanized them or, as you would say, maybe galvanized them more. But what I understood is that there was a lot of excitement at Alabama State when once they named him head coach. And I think the next step happened is when he was able to elevate that team into a winning program pretty quickly, pretty early for a first-year coach. So I think that in itself helped galvanize him. And then you add on, obviously, what he said in the fact that many people saw him as speaking up for the institution, if you will. I think more than it was to separate themselves or down Coach Prime, I thought it was more about the need to support your institution. So I can see where, in that case, a lot of people were excited about somebody standing up for their their home, if you would, their their institution, their house. I think it would be a stretch to kind of say, what does that mean for the rest of the swag? I think, again, there are multiple variables that keep the interest. So if we just go back and look at Texas Southern University, I think you could see a lot of folks being galvanized about the fact around football um, because they're excited about where they see the program going, that it took the next step and literally was, what, 10 minutes, a couple of plays away from playing against Jackson State in yeah. uh, the SWAC championship game this year. I think Tell those me about are things it. that make <laughs> right? Tell you me about calling the game. Yeah, right. so I think those are the things that create more interest than just talking points. I think um, what drives dollars in this day and time is your ability to win. We've seen in basketball, uh, Texas Southern University has won serial winner, if you would, over the last decade. And you see the support and the interest in terms of who follows that sport, in terms of Houstonians and a little more in general, but specifically Texas Southern alumni and fans uh, of that institution uh, based on the fact of how they're able to be successful in winning basketball. You see the same thing in football if you get the support there in terms of winning programs. I think that's probably the biggest variable that will see the support. Well, reports are that Coach T.C. Taylor is going to succeed Coach Sanders at uh, Jackson State. What do you see? How is that high? I mean, you heard rumors that there would be like a high-profile hire. You heard names like Ray Lewis and Ed Reed and, and names like that. What do you think going with – he's an alum. He, he's, I mean, a record-setting receiver for that program. He was a high-profile player in that program. What do you think that hire does for the program? First, I do think, if you know anything about Ashley, that he went for a bigger name and probably contractually or uh, interest, whatever, couldn't get it done. And I thought he, he probably thought he was very happy about the fact that he had T.C. Taylor there if, if it didn't work. I think T.C. Taylor galvanizes Jackson State because everybody at Jackson State in itself was not necessarily on board with Dion. There were, you know, some things that they probably didn't necessarily like 
uh, as maybe some people did uh, or put up with, if you would, because he won. Um, and then you have the fact that people tend to support and like their own. He is part of the family. He knows the block in terms of, as they like to call it, JSU or the uh, university, you know, as they like to talk about in terms of those nicknames they give up there <laughs> in that way. So I think he's going to really galvanize that. And they did make the announcement that he officially uh, was named the head coach. After the championship game, he will take over uh, full-time uh, nature in terms of January. So the the announcement was made by Ashley. Okay. Um, and they had some video out there that shot it. And the team erupted. They were extremely excited. So he has a large group of the students that love, you know, his demeanor, the way he works with kids. Uh, he uh, was a quarterback before he went to wide receiver. He said record-holding wide receiver. So he knows – a lot of the history about that program. And I'm sure that he learned. So there's a lot of things that he brought to the table. Obviously, to his credit, he was the offensive coordinator uh, with North Carolina Central the last time they went to the Celebration Bowl in 2016. Um, and so he's had a lot of experience in the conference. But anytime you around somebody like Coach Prime um, and you are working at your craft, you're going to pick up some things. So he's going to be able to bring that to the table. So I think it's a great hire in terms of time and place. Everything is about time and place. I think he has a chance to continue the momentum that Jackson State had under Coach Prime um, and continue to build that program. Things that Coach Prime brought that we talked about, some of it, the economic impact, you mentioned this earlier. There's some things that he will not or cannot take with him in terms of the football field, uh, the facility that was being built that he helped kind of finalize some specific things inside it that uh, made sure that it had good branding uh, within it. But those things are staying there. Um, and those are things that recruits like. They like shiny things. They like new things. They like nice things. So um, I think T.C. Taylor will, will be a good hire. Obviously, they got to find a way to finish the deal. If they can win the Celebration Bowl um, this Saturday. I think that will help continue and carry the momentum as they go forward. And that, that uh, great transition to the final question. Uh, how do you see the Celebration Bowl going this weekend? I thought it, the SWAG Championship game, I, and I predicted this on KTSU Sports Talk, I thought that Southern would win because I thought that the, everybody in the Jackson State program would feel that sense of sort of uncertainty and, and sort of the depression of knowing that their coach is about to leave. But they responded in a huge way in that championship game and just really blew the doors off Southern. How do you see the celebration ball going? I think Jackson State just has too much defense. I think the defense is really talented. I don't think we've given the defense enough credit. They hadn't allowed teams to score over 10 points a game. Obviously, you've seen maybe a little scratch in the armor against uh, Southern, but that's a team that you play twice, uh, particularly after getting uh, down early and they saw a quarterback they really probably didn't game plan. So you give Southern credit about continuing to fight, but I think this is defense is going to be ready. The biggest thing I've said about Jack State all, all year long that I don't think people have really considered much of, this is a team that was filling themselves last year that got essentially a beat down in the Celebration Bowl. They've had it part of their mantra, and I think this is a team that really believes in it. This is a young team that wants to finish the deal. So they, these young men are very focused. So all of the things that most people thought were distraction, I don't believe was the case. Uh, I think they were singly focused on the mission, 
And I think they're going to find a way to finish the deal in Atlanta this year because of that focus level they have, obviously with a bunch of talent. Well, with that, I want you to tell folks about the HBC Sports Lab and how can folks reach out to you because, again, you have done this content before anybody. You do it better than anybody. You are true to it. How can folks hear more from you and have, hear more of these kinds of conversations? Thank you, yes. They can, they can follow me on um, social media platforms such as Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. That's Dr. Kenyatta Cavill, D-R-K-E-N. Y-A-T-T-H-C-A-V-I-L. Again, it's D-R-K-E-N-Y-A-T-T-H-C-A-V-I-L. Or they can check me out on Tuesday and Thursday on Facebook Live, uh, where we do a show at 6 o'clock Central Standard Time. That's every Tuesday and Thursday. Uh, you can catch it on demand at YouTube uh, if you can't catch it live. And that's at Dr. Cavill's Inside the HBC Sports Lab. Usually during the fall, we do a Sunday edition uh, at 9 o'clock. But as we um, close up, this uh, fall with the championship game, we'll move away from the Sunday edition to the show. So we won't start that all back up until August, but we will continue our Tuesday and Thursday shows. So we'd love to have additional listeners and your listeners out there checking us out, particularly if they want to see HBCU sports content. Well, I tell you, you do a fantastic job, man. Just a tremendous conversation. I really enjoyed this, and I have tons more questions, but we'll have to get to those at another time. But but thanks so much for your time, and, man, safe travels to Atlanta. It's going to be cold all over the country, so <laughs> bundle up as you uh, head to the Celebration Bowl this weekend. I will do that. I have my extra coat, my hoodie, those kind of things, and I appreciate you having me on. Anytime you need me, just give me a buzz. Certainly appreciate it. To have your comments heard, call 832-941-6614. Thank you to Dr. Kenyatta Cavill. You have to check him out inside HBCU Sports Lab. I'm telling you, he, along with Charles Bishop and his crew, they know their stuff. They study this. They live HBCU sports. So you definitely want to check them out if you get an opportunity, when you got an opportunity. So we are about to get out of here. But before I let go. Before I let go. Before I let go, hey, want to thank uh, Dr. Kenyatta Cavill, want to thank Life on Lock, want to thank Terry Donald for her contributions and her music, want to thank our sponsors, Cobank Homes and Brighter Brains, want to thank you guys, Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Happy Kwanzaa, all of those things. Please have a wonderful holiday season, and remember, if you want to give us a gift to uh, make a contribution, liberapay.com, and look for the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast, and you can make a contribution, or if you just want to reach out to me, we can make it happen to enhance and improve this podcast that hopefully brings you a lot of information and entertainment. want to uh, also remind you guys, the sports line 832-941-6614 Sports Talk with Devin Wade page and group on Facebook, on Twitter at Wade's Word, dwade909 on Instagram. So there's that. And if you can't remember any of that, please remember these four things. Number one, I don't do no favors after 6 o'clock in the evening. Two, I ain't got no money. Three, I'm not harboring any fugitives from justice. And four, bye. This has been the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. Remember, you can follow him on Twitter at Wade's Word. Thank you for listening.
Oh uh-huh.